The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Help, I need somebody. Help, not just anybody. Help, you know I need someone. Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Welcome to Episode 181 of Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, your host. Our topic today is Active Living Alliance and Attitudes to Activity. Activity is important for everyone. For persons with special needs, it's important because it helps them achieve their full potential physically and mentally. For children with special needs, it's especially important because it helps them develop their full potential physically and mentally. And for family caregivers, caring for family members with special needs, knowing about the value of active living is truly inspiring, which is why our topic, Active Living Alliance and Attitudes to Activities, is so important. To discuss it, our guests are Jason Dunkley and Andy Shaw. Now, Jason works at the Active Living Alliance for Canadians with disability, where he coordinates the All Abilities Welcome program. He's a founding member of Achilles Ottawa, a running club for blind, visually impaired runners. He and his two brothers grew up with severe visual impairment resulting from a congenital eye condition. They attended a school for students where sports were encouraged He took up competitive running with the help of a guide runner, and he qualified for his first national para-athletics team in 1998. He represented Canada at four Paralympic Games, capturing 1,500-metre silver in 2000, and again in 2004, and winning 1,500-metre bronze Two thousand and eight, with his longtime guide runner Greg Daly. Then, at the two thousand and twelve London Paralympic Games, he and his new guide runner Josh Karanja won bronze in fifteen hundred meters and silver in the five thousand meters. Andy is a journalist. He's Canadian press chief at Medica, the world's largest annual medical trade fair. He's a freelance writer for Canadian Healthcare Technology and other trade magazines. He's been a globe-trotting sports reporter and broadcaster for CBC Radio, Radio Broadcast News, CBC TV, CTV, TSN, UPI, Canadian Press, Maclean's Magazine, The Globe and Mail, and other newspapers. He's been a reporter at six Olympic Games, multiple world championships, summer and winter Paralympics, and the Stoke Mandeville Games where disabled sport began. 
His experience includes Vice President, Canadian Wheelchair Sports Association, Sports Director and Commentator for radio stations CKPM, CBO, CKOY, Weekend Announcer for CJOH TV, and Vice President, Travel Media Association of Canada. So, welcome to the show, Jason. What an introduction. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay. Now, Jason, you're on first, please. Please tell us a bit more about your career and especially about your sort of experience with family caregiving, whether personally or in, when you come in contact with others. Jason? Yeah. Um, um, as, as you said, and just uh, the, bio, the bio you read uh, for me, um, I've been um, an athlete since, um, um, you know, being in high school and in university, um, had a lot of encouragement to um, to get involved in running and, and stick with it um, from teachers and coaches along the way, which made a, a huge difference for me. Um, and, um, you know, physical activity um, all along the way really has opened uh, a lot of doors for me just um, in terms of education, um, obviously leading to the chance to be a know, run competitively, um, and then um, just uh, professionally also just through the chance to work at the Active Living Alliance. And I think what it has done is um, really uh, it just it gives you confidence, you know, um, and I think as a, as a person with a disability, as a young person with a disability, um, you need all the confidence you can get, and physical activity was a way for me to, to you know, develop confidence and um, self-esteem and, and whatnot. Um, I have been very fortunate not to have had first-hand experience as as a, a family caregiver, but certainly um, through working at the Alliance, um, has seen and, and heard from numerous people who are, who are really struggling out there, and um, you know, really just trying to do the right thing, trying to do the very best they can. And um, it's uh, it's it's you know, it's it's not easy at all. So I commend people that are that are that have taken taken that challenge on. Um, I think um, when it comes to physical activity, it's very, very difficult for family caregivers to um, to balance that and, and um, encourage the people they're caring for to, to take advantage of that. But I think it's extremely important, and um, you know there are supports um, organizations like ours out there to help with that, um, to offer support where we where we can, and um, just really appreciate the chance to be on your show to promote that. Thank you, Andy. Please well, tell us more about your career and any experience you have with family caregiving, directly or indirectly. Well, you know, <clears throat> uh, Gordon, excuse me, that I've, like Jason, had the good luck of, of not having had to do that or not having to be looked after. Uh, so I've, I've experienced it largely through the stories that I've been able to write over the last dozen or so years. Um, for Canadian healthcare technology in particular. And, and the stories that, that I write are related to technology. So we've been watching the advance of technology into the home. Uh, and this is where, of course, technology is going in healthcare or to those remote uh, iPhones and uh, maybe even now the new Z10 from Brim or Blackberry, we should call it, um, and seeing how that is influencing home care. The, the one thing that I've learned uh, about of family caregiving is that if you totaled up, as we often hear, the, the, the expense of health care in our country, which is the largest single budget item for our federal, for our governments, 
um, that's dwarfed by the actual value of the care that the families themselves are supplying on top of that. And I'm not sure anybody's ever come up with a firm figure for it, but it is by far and away uh, the most important part uh, as journalists, uh, I think, of um, caregiving. Um, and, and now, uh, of course, what we've seen is the, is the development of the Internet communities. Um, they've developed strongest in the healthcare field for um, people with chronic diseases or chronic, if you will, conditions, that is, congenital or some other disability. And that's where uh, the spread of the Internet has been spearheaded, really, by uh, people with those kind of needs. So that's, I find that very encouraging, and I find it um, uh, wonderful to write about. And the last sort of phase that we're in now, I think, uh, from a family caregiving point of view, is, is mobile applications. You know, last year, just at a conference here in Toronto, there were over 11,000 applications developed for iPhones and other portable devices in healthcare alone last year. So there's electronic help out there. Right. Um, now, we'll come back to that later on, but I just want to ask Jason to tell us about the Active Living Alliance and what you, Jason, actually do within the Alliance. Sure, yeah. We, we're a small national nonprofit organization. Uh, we've been around since 1989 um, and are based in Ottawa. We have a national office there um, with uh, three staff members, and, and uh, our mission is to promote um, a healthier and more active society of Canadians with a disability. Um, uh, so as I mentioned, I'm one of, one of three staff um, in, in our office in Ottawa. Um, I've worked for the Alliance almost five years now, since 2008. Um, and in addition to our staff, we um, are organized in each of the provinces and territories, um, and we have a board of directors as well. So um, we uh, we work you know, really closely with um, about 175 partner organizations out there um, in the education sector, uh, rehabilitation, recreation, um, uh, as well as a number of disability organizations. To really, um, really share, you know, share our mission, vision, to uh, see more Canadians with disabilities um, involved and, and active, and taking advantage of active living opportunities. Um, right. Yeah. So that's that's uh, that's basically what we do, and um, you know, really just like I say, trying to trying to make uh, people aware of opportunities that are out there. Right. Now, talking of making people aware, Andy, I want to ask you about your experience as a radio journalist as it relates to sport and any particular things um, in your experience that relate to people with special needs uh, undertaking sport. Andy? Right. Well, um, as I think we uh, chatted about earlier, Jason and Dr. Affley, uh, uh, I'm an ex-football player, uh, believe it or not, but uh, I realized uh, back in Ottawa that I had risen to my level of incompetence as a professional player for the old Ottawa Rough Riders and said, well, maybe I could be a better radio reporter. And um, uh, so I ended up, uh, my first uh, experience related to sport and radio was I was host of uh, what they call a fifth quarter show, you know, where the drunks all phone in and tell you what they think of the referee. <laughs> <laughs> but I had two more serious and more formative uh, experiences, and one, one unfortunately, was tragic. Um, I began my radio career internationally in sport at the Munich Olympics in 1972, and I was reporting for Broadcast News, which is Canada's national distribution center for radio reports. I had the first eyewitness report of the terrorists going in 
to the village and taking hostages of the Israelis right next door to the Canadians. Uh, so I went from Cub sports reporter overnight to international news and political reporter. The second formative experience was um, um, at those Stoke Mandible games that, you, uh, that we mentioned earlier. Um, I, I, uh, I had almost wanted to see these things because I was intrigued by the fact that so-called disabled people could actually compete. And as you may know, that's a, a hospital that was run and started by Sir Ludwig Bootman, who uh, began it as a rehabilitation center for uh, Air Force uh, pilots and bombardiers, etc., who were crippled uh, during the Second World War as a kind of uh, therapy. But it has grown internationally to that. And now, uh, as you say, for Paralympics um, and vice president of the Wheelchair Sports Association, and I've gone from thinking of them as events and disciplines for disabilities uh, as in favor of uh, looking at them as uh, events for people with abilities. So really, that is a whole evolution um, of your, if I say, attitudes, understandings of what yep. all of this active living is about. Yep. That's your story. That's your experience, isn't it? Yep. Yeah, right. Now... We do have the tyranny of time, and so it is time for us to take a short break. This is Dr. Gordon Adderley, and my guests are Jason Dunkley and Andy Shaw. You're listening to Family Caregivers uh, Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio for Powell River. Please stay with us. We're coming back. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. What does a visual workplace mean to you? How does it contribute to operational excellence? And what steps do you take to put it powerfully in place? Listen to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense to find out. Each week, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, shares tools and strategies to help you make the workplace to speak at a glance without saying a word. Learn to work safer, faster, better, and at far less cost no matter what business you're in. Tune in to The Visual Workplace every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Jason Dunkley and Andy Shaw. Our topic is Active Living Alliance and Attitudes to Activity. So I want to talk more with both of you about your careers and experiences. So Jason, starting with you, please tell us about the Special Olympics and the Paralympics. What are they? And more about your participation and the one you participated, you participate in. Jason? Sure, yeah. Um, often uh, these, these two Olympics uh, get confused, um, uh, Special Olympics and Paralympics. The Special Olympics um, are... Um, 
our games and, and increasingly more of a movement um, for people with um, an intellectual disability. Um, and it's grown a lot at, over the last uh, 40, 40 years or so, 45 years, um, where at one time it was a, a kind of a yearly uh, set of games, and now it's, it's really, as I say, more of a movement um, that involves about 170 countries now and about 4 million athletes, so it's really, really, um, you know, really evolved a lot. Um, the Paralympics are games for people with physical disabilities, so people who are visually impaired, um, as well as uh, athletes with cerebral palsy, um, athletes in wheelchairs, and um, uh, amputee athletes as well. And um, as Andy was saying just before the break, um, Sir Ludwig Goodman uh, started the games um, following World War II for, for uh, injured uh, veterans in 1948, and um, the games in their sort of more modern form have been um, around since 1988. They've been in parallel with the Olympics since that time, and um, I've had the opportunity to compete in four of them, and it's been an incredible privilege. I mean, um, nothing beats the chance to represent your country, and um, um, I think even in a time that um, I've, been, I've been competing as a, as a Paralympic athlete, um, there's been a big evolution, really, and, and you know, the bar has been raised a lot in terms of not only the level of competition, but just the uh, attention towards the games, I think, and the, uh, the media coverage, and just, I think, the whole world is watching more than they ever have been. And I think it's all um, bringing positive to attention to what people with a disability can do and really their abilities. Okay, talking of media attention, Andy... Tell us about how you as a radio journalist would report or did report on events like the Special Olympics and the Paralympics. How did you do it? Well, like uh, any other event, you look for a good story. And I'll I'll tell you one that I got out of uh, one of my early uh, uh, Paralympic events was the Yilo Winter Games in um, Yilo, Norway. Um, And uh, I wrote a story which said uh, something to the effect of um, Fallen racer Lana Spruill from Old Alberta won a gold medal in slalom here today, despite breaking her leg yesterday. And of course, I went on to tell what had happened. It was in the training the day before. Lana Spruill, who was an amputee uh, from uh, below the knee ski racer, um, uh, broke her leg while she was training, and the leg uh, came off. The the the, the prosthesis broke in two. And so there was this moment where there was this leg in a boot scooting down the hill to the astonished onlookers who had no idea that she had a wooden leg. Um, and so it was the beginning of uh, my coverage of the story, and it was, a, it was a, uh, a, an easy angle to take to make a good story. Uh, so that's the kind of thing you're looking for. Uh, in terms of the uh, difficulty of, of reporting on events like that, it's gone the whole gamut. I remember standing, arguing with officials in Brisbane, Australia, about letting me uh, get in to watch the training of the wheelchair athletes on the Olympic or on the Commonwealth Games track, and they had to argue themselves to get in there. It's gone from that to what we saw in London this past year at the Paralympics, where, as you know, uh, uh, Oscar Pretorius uh, uh, from South Africa had done well in the regular Olympics, and of course, he was a tremendous draw in, in the Paralympic version of it, but the press facilities were par excellence. It was like uh, covering the Super Bowl. You couldn't ask for more, and uh, as a result, uh, you got worldwide uh, publicity and enthusiastic support for the Paralympics in London. 
It's a great story. Um, Jason, let's talk about the messages and the messages that you would like Active Living Alliance to send to family caregivers about the value of active living for family members with special needs. What are the messages? Jason? I mean, I think, I think the biggest message is that active living and physical activity is for people of all abilities. And um, the program that I've been working with um, during my time at the Alliance is called All Abilities Welcome. And that really is, uh, the concept is just um, that um, whether you have a disability or whether you're um, fully able-bodied, um, there is a way um, to, be, to be active and, it, and it's extremely important and it can transform people. Um, it can open open doors, um, as I talked about just at the start of the show, with my own experience. And um, um, having said that, um, I mean, it's incredibly difficult, and, and uh, no doubt about that. Um, we talked about how family caregivers are, are really up against it, trying to balance, um, you know, physical activity is one more one more thing. Um, but I just think it's incredibly worth it if, if, if there is a way, um, just in terms of, you know, eliminating uh, or reducing the impact of a disability or, or secondary health care um, problems. Um, in terms of self-esteem, it can bring about um, the way it makes the person with a disability feel, the way it empowers them, promotes um, confidence, numerous numerous benefits. Um, I think uh, as, as a caregiver, you don't have to be alone. Um, there are organizations like ours there out there. Um, there's information available. Um, we receive a lot of calls from people, and often we don't have the answer right away, um, but we'll certainly do the research, do the homework, and, and find a way, a place to direct them to, you know, to help them and a, and a resource that's um, in their community, which is a big part of what we, you know, what we try to do. So really, I think the message is active living is incredibly important. Um, there is a way, and, and there is help out there. Right. Now, Andy, how could radio broadcasting... Um, help the Active Living Alliance get its message out. Now, first of all, just a quick comment from me. We're internet radio, and I think most of your experience, um, Andy, has been with AM, FM radio. For the moment, let's treat them as the same, but there are some differences, and I think they're interesting differences. But anyway, how could radio broadcasting, whatever the channel, help the Active Living Alliance get that message out? Well, I, I think they are the same in the sense that they could help by, by um, um, taking the good stories that emerge. It, it's always the business of story. Have you got a good story? Now, so what's in a story? Well, to these days, the important thing about what should be in a story is news. Uh, I mean, we have this we have this explosion of news coverage, in effect, both professional and uh, amateur in, in the spread uh, of our, all of our social media. Um, you know, it's to the point where it's news what I had for lunch today. Uh, we are having an insatiable desire, a diet for news, it seems. Now, what's in a news story? Well, Gordon Sinclair, some of the Canadian listeners uh, might recall of a pundit here in Tor- on Toronto Radio said there are four things that people are interested in in a, in a story, and that's conquest, disaster, sex, or money. And uh, when you think of my Lana Spruill story, well, it had all three, you know. I mean, she, <laughs> she won the medal. She overcame the disaster of breaking her leg. It's, she had sex in the sense of being gender and being a female uh, ski instructor that you couldn't tell was uh, uh, disabled when you watched her ski. And if she'd won some prize money, we would have had it all. Uh, so, <laughs> Very good. They, they would they'd probably be winning uh, prizes uh, this day. Um, so, um, 
and, and where, where news comes from, most of all, is, is an event. Now, just, you, people watch your listening today, you just get your local newspaper and look at the front page of that newspaper or watch the local news on television and tell me if I'm wrong, but every one of those stories will be connected with some event. So when you're thinking about how radio or about any media really can uh, make a better use of or be made better use of, by uh, people with disadvantages, you have to think of events that are newsworthy. Right. Now, I want to go back to Jason and to sort of drill down into something. When I was introducing you, I talked about your guide, Joss Kananja. Um, not, I want you to just to say, what does the guide do? Who is he? Where does he come from? And what's the story behind that? John? Um, Jason, please. Yeah. Um, so as a, as a blind runner, um, um, you know, I'm not able to go for a run just on my own. So, um, it's, uh, it's necessary to have someone uh, with me to, um, to act as my eyes out there. So, um, you know, um, finding the right person can be, um, a little, little bit of a challenge sometimes just in terms of, you know, someone that um, trust, that you feel comfortable running with. Um, uh, but not only that, someone that um, someone that can push you and uh, um, be a little bit quicker so that if you're having a good day, you know, you're um, going to be gonna be able to get the most out of your, out of your, out of your race. Um, and that's not to say that, that someone who's um, out there as a blind runner needs to be competing and trying to sort of push and, and get a personal best. Um, I think uh, guide running doesn't have to be intimidating or, or uh, something that people should be worried about trying. It's it's fairly it's very simple. It's really just being the eyes for the other person and giving them simple cues. Um, but in my case, I've been I've been lucky to have um, a couple of really great guide runners over the years, and Craig Daly and Josh Karanja, and um, uh, being able to push me to. Um, most recently, just uh, come back from London, like I say, and then pursue uh, a couple of medals there and uh, get the very best out of um, the training we, we did. So what we're talking about is, is teamwork between you and your guide. And teamwork, of course, is always in sport, isn't it? Except perhaps when you're running entirely by yourself. But the fact is, teamwork is very important. And so this idea of teamwork is something that... Um, I personally find very, very important because it means it's people working together, not working alone or struggling alone. Now, unfortunately, I'd love to ask um, Andy how he would describe uh, your guide runner, but the tyranny of time is upon us again. <laughs> so again. we have to take our break, but we are coming back. So this is Dr. Gordon Adley, and my guests are Jason Dunkley and Andy Shaw. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio for Power River. Please stay with us. We're coming back. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. Do you find yourself tearing pictures of rooms out of magazines? Do you watch certain movies and TV programs because of the homes they show? 
Are Sundays reserved for open houses? Then you are a home dreamer. And someday, you will build or renovate your dream home. Steve Clip has spent three decades learning how to win at the dream home game. His show, Winning the Dream Home Race, can be heard every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Let Steve Clip help save you money and make you a winner. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at FamilyCaregiversUnite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Jason Dunkley and Andy Shaw. Our topic is Active Living Alliance and Attitudes to Activity. So now let's talk about attitudes to active living and ways to spread Active Living Alliance's messages message. So Jason, what attitudes out there in the wider community regarding activity for persons with special needs are there that Active Living Alliance would like to influence? What are the attitudes that, in other words, to put it more straightforwardly, you would like to change? I think people are often um, a bit afraid of, of disability and the idea of disability and um, they're not really sure how to how to go there, how to approach it, how to how to help people, um, and it's maybe something that that people prefer to to leave alone. Um, and it, it, I mean, it's this isn't just related to physical activity; it's related to a lot of things. Um, the idea of people with disabilities living on their own, or, or cooking, or things like that—things that make people feel uncomfortable. I would say um, people, I think, are afraid to ask. Uh, you know the wrong question, or um, or upset people. Um, sort of uh, go go to something that might feel a bit uncomfortable. Um, so I think what we really try to do is, is um, inform you know people working in the physical activity sector, be it in recreation or education or or sports clubs, um, really to uh, to um, keep it simple and. Uh, not be afraid to communicate and, and just ask uh, simple questions of people with a disability, such as what is your disability or, um, you know, how can I help you? Um, what is your prior experience with physical activity? Um, what do you hope to get out of this activity? Really, just to keep an open mind and um, um, just be open to, to the person. A person with a disability is, is, is going to know what they need, um, the kind of support they're going to need, and... Um, um, you know, they're looking for a chance to communicate that and and uh, just to be a to be included, to be a part of the to be part of the activity. Andy, let's ask you the question about how radio mm-hmm. could influence those attitudes, and particularly the question of fear and the reluctance, perhaps, to talk about the very problems, the very challenges that persons with special needs have. How could you use radio? Well, first of all, on the, on the um, business of fear, I experienced it when I went to the Stoke Mandeville Games. It started to dissipate when I got picked up at the train station 
by one of the most disabled athletes um, who was competing there, but he was able to drive a car. But he picked me up um, rather than me catching a cab to take him back. And uh, so it, my mind started to switch from abilities to disability, or from disabilities to abilities, um, because I was seeing them. And I saw hundreds of people uh, at, at those games being able at what they do, you know. So the, the, what I would suggest is that in radio, you, you know, we spoke earlier about you need to have a good story and it needs to be newsworthy, but it has to have a couple of other qualities, too. And uh, they are, a story has to be interesting and it has to be important. Well, it's kind of interesting that people with um, mental disabilities are in Special Olympics, and it's kind of interesting that people with so-called physical disabilities are in Paralympics. But what's important about them are their abilities, it's what they can do, not what they're restrained by. And when you think of it, sport is all about restraints at every level. I mean, um, my restraint as a high jumper is severe at 255 pounds and nearing 70 years of age. <laughs> so. It's not, uh, we forget, let's forget the restraints. Let's forget the disabled part of it and concentrate on the able part of it. And I'll tell you a quick story about how I discovered that again at the Stoke Vandemal Games. Uh, we were in a pub, believe it or not, <laughs> in a place you might know, uh, Dr. Ashley, called Wendover, England. It was in oh, the, yes. red uh, the Red Lion pub, and I sat down with a group of, of leading athletes and their coaches um, around a table. So I couldn't see their legs. And I went round the table in my mind, and I picked out um, the ones that I thought were disabled versus the ones that I thought weren't. I was one of, like, about eight people around the table. I was 100% wrong. And one of the ones I was wrong about was Rick Hansen before he became famous. So if you can't see somebody, there's an actual advantage. If you can't see their disability, there's an advantage. And in radio, as we know, you can't see the other person. It's a terrific medium for overcoming that notion of disabled or something missing. Brilliant. Now, I want to go to the challenges, um, Jason, that Active Living Alliance experience in getting it, experiences in getting its message out, especially to family caregivers, and how you deal with those challenges. Jason? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, I think our message is... Um, really do have a tangible impact on, on the people they, they reach, um, particularly, um, you know, some of the physical activity providers that have um, participated in presentations and focus groups and, um, and, and the people with disability that have been in the room and just the chance to, to see the ice break, you know, and, and um, conversations that, that have happened sort of outside of the, outside of the workshops and, and what that has led to. Um, I think part of our our big challenge really now is capacity. Um, I would say it's a major challenge. I mean, we have three staff in our office balancing um, a number of um, programs, and really, um, you know, we, we, we get calls from um, people, uh, uh, you know, wanting to speak to our IT specialist, and that could be any one of us. You know, um, we're, we're, we're all, you know, trying to do a lot um, with, with a little... Um, and we, we rely a lot on volunteers. We have we have a terrific board, um, and our network of, of provincial representatives um, are, are phenomenal. Um, we uh, that said, I mean we, we've we've had major cuts in recent years, and we're not the only ones. I mean, um, but certainly um, uh, the area of health promotion has 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 experienced cutbacks. It's it's not all about funding, but of course um, it has it has impacted us for sure. Um, 
So, I, I mean, I think what it's done is it's caused us to go back to, to the drawing board. It's caused, causing us to um, try to think a little more creatively and, and be more efficient um, and really um, be clear on what it is we're trying to do and who we're trying to reach. Andy, yeah. um, one of the challenges you see in using Active Living Alliance, using a radio, AM, FM radio, and getting its message out, especially to family caregivers. And also, you mentioned, you talked earlier about the way technology is going and its focus on helping people with health, health challenges. Talk about all of those, radio and technology, as a way to help Active Living Alliance get its message out, especially to family caregivers. Please. Well, sure. Whether it's the Active Living Alliance or any other similar group of people, even a, a, a family group, uh, the first thing you have to do is you have to get over your fear of the media. Um, it, it's a bit like the fear of disabled athletes. We, we have this fear of the media that, that they're going to uh, misquote us or not pay attention to us or twist what we say. Let me tell you this. I, I don't know of any journalist, um, with the exception of one or two perhaps I've met in my life out of thousands, who wants anything but the truth um, to be told. And um, there's an easy way of getting that truth to the journalist. You just put it in a news release, and you use technology these days, like email, to get it to them. But you, what's the news release got to have? It's got to have a good story. It's got to be newsworthy, and it's got those five. Remember the five W's we've all learned about? It's got to tell, tell the person that's going to receive this. Uh, who, what, who's it about? What is it that you're talking? What event are you talking about? Where and when's it going to happen? And why is this thing being staged? So, if you're focusing on events, you've got automatically got some news. You've automatically got a, an essentially good story. And rem- the other, the other thing about getting over the fear of dealing with the media is the media are looking for go- good stories. Content is everything. They, they are desperate for good stories. It's not as if they're going to reject yours if you've got a good one. So make sure you know who, who to get to, you know who the producer is of the show or who the news director is of the station, and send them a good news release. And writing a news release is not rocket science. It's only the five W's. Uh, and be absolutely consistent about it and do it for every event that you've got on your schedule. Now, I just want to go back to Jason. Um, that advice, I'm sure, is something that... Um, you're already doing, and I'm not in any way being negative towards Andy in saying that, because I think, Jason, you've had a lot of experience in this. But nevertheless, what Andy is saying is that from the perspective of the media, there are, can I call them, tricks of the trade that need to be understood and emphasized. Jason, uh, have you any comments on what Andy said and any thoughts about how you're going to go go further forward i think it i think it's encouraging to to know that um because we have we have done done this and um um just to know that we're we're on the right track um in terms of sort of what you know what's included in a news release and just that that you know it is um it is uh valued by uh by media that receive it we um we we have had some coverage over the years um um and i think um you know, it's just uh, probably important for us to really um, just sort of be proactive in promoting what we're doing and, and uh, events that we know are happening across the country and just to continue with that and, um, you know, just try to try to keep uh, keep that coming consistently. 
Andy, I just want to go quickly back to you. What about the technology? How how helpful is that in these circumstances we're talking about? Well, um, you mentioned earlier that I'm the press chief for uh, Canadian exhibitors at Medica in Germany, and um, so I actually help uh, the firms and organizations that are going to Medica. Most of them are in the medical device field, and some of them are the in the assistive device field for disabled people, although there's a whole separate show for that in Germany as well. Um, and I do all that from the very desk that I'm talking to you from uh, electronically. I, I mean, email, um, things like Dropbox, where you can move big files with big pictures and videos, YouTube. That, that can all be done now. We have this tremendous ability to communicate if you're, uh, so long as you've uh, targeted the right individuals with the right story uh, that, that's absolutely unprecedented in history. It's easier to do now than we've ever, ever done. And the fact that we are now uh, into the mobile world uh, with applications that that reach even in Africa where, you know, the, the cell phones have uh, development has leapt ahead of the landline and now Africans by and large are almost as well equipped with cell phones um, as uh, people in, in the Western countries. So we have tremendous opportunity to communicate uh, even internationally now that we never had before. Right. Now, once again, one of the problems with technology is time rules, at least it does <laughs> on this particular business. So we get, we're going to the break now. Um, this is Dr. Gordon Adley, and my guests are Jason Dunkley and Andy Shaw. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio for Powell River. We are coming back. Stay connected. Sign up for our newsletter. Go beyond your favorite Voice America shows. Visit iradioblog.com. When you talk about the subject of bullying, it's not just the person being bullied who is dealing with complicated issues. It's also parents and teachers. Bullying has even taken a new turn with social networking, negative images, and even reality TV. Tune in to One Word Nation Radio with host Jessica Brookshire. We'll put the issue of bullying front and center, going beyond the classrooms and hallways of our schools to help empower and protect youth and their families. Listen every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Jason Dunkley and Andy Shaw. Our topic is Active Living Alliance and Attitudes to Activities. Now... I uh, want to hear from you both about doing more to promote active living for children, young persons, and adults with special needs. So, Jason, what do you want to do, and what do you want to see done to promote active living for children, young persons, and adults with special needs? Jason? 
Yeah, I think there's there's three three things in no particular order. Um, one is, I mean, I think it needs to happen from the bottom up as well as from the top down. And I think um, governments at all levels need to um, need to prioritize this area of active living, healthy living. Um, I think we've seen um, you know significant investment in sport recent in recent years, um, and um, and I think we need to see that kind of commitment to, to active living um, for a lot of reasons. I mean, uh, not least of which, uh, looking at demographics in our health care system um, in years to come, um, people with disabilities are getting older, and uh, we're going to hit a point soon where majority of people with disabilities in Canada are 65 or over. So um, so we need to do something about this. It needs to be addressed uh, today um, at, at all government levels, I think. Um, I think one of the other big things is uh, reaching key influencers with a message that people of all abilities can be active. Um, one of the things that really stands up for me um, growing up is, is the people that made a profound difference for me, um, just in terms of encouraging me along the way, um, and that um, enabled me to, to you know, try a number of sports and get involved in competitive running, but also to stay involved um, and catch the bug. You know, and I think uh, people with disabilities sometimes need a, a bit of an extra push. Um, and, uh, you know, a number, a couple of teachers um, in particular and coaches really um, gave me that push that, that helped me to uh, continue. And um, I think, you know, people working in recreation, education, um, and different physical activity fields are really in an incredibly powerful position to, to make a big difference in, in someone's life. So just getting that message out to more people. And then I think the final part is, um, just trying to reach more people with a disability to say that active living is a great thing to do for you, um, doing it for its own sake, and it doesn't have to lead to being, a, being an athlete or a competitive athlete. It's really about being out, being healthy, um, and it can open um, numerous other doors that we wouldn't even really necessarily think about. Right. Andy, same question. What do you want to do, and what do you want to see done to promote the active living for children, young persons, adults with special needs? Well, I'd like to, uh, I'd like to give uh, some people, as we've been doing by this show, I guess, some coaching on how to deal with the press and the media and get the best out of them uh, when it comes to uh, uh, athletes uh, with either disabilities or special needs. And, and again, the focus uh, should be uh, on events. I, I tell you a story. Um, when I was doing that uh, weekend sports broadcast for CGOH TV in Ottawa, um, I had a parent call me every Saturday or Sunday night when their uh, kids were swimming in a local swim club. The story about how the effectiveness of being proactive, even at the family level. And um, Jeffrey, I think, was his name. And Jeffrey would phone me uh, up in the newsroom, and I was busily preparing the sportscast for that night. And there was not much space on a television sportscast for local swim club news, especially at the junior level. And he would phone me with results uh, very briefly over the phone, always courteous and absolutely consistent. And he did it for weeks and weeks on end. And then finally one night he called, and he said, uh, Hi, it's Jeffrey from the Goldfish Swim Club. And I said to him, oh, hi, Jeffrey, how did they do tonight? I was hooked. <laughs> <laughs> and from then on, the Goldfish Swim Club got absolutely consistent coverage on CGOH television sportscast. It's this business of being proactive, of focusing
sitting on the fence. And again, what he was reporting was the ability of his kids. They weren't disabled, but it's no different uh, if it's in a disabled event. In fact, when you think of it as the disabled event, so-called, you've got another element. It's kind of more interesting in a way. It's unusual. Now yeah. you're also talking about ability. So it does two things. It takes advantage of the disability, but it's, in, it's integrative with the more able part of the community because it's true sports news. Got it. Now, Jason, what's your personal message about active living that you want to address to parents of children with special needs? Jason? I think that, um, that it really can be for, for anyone with a, with a disability or, or people of all abilities and that it can be transformative, um, that it can you know, empower the person with a disability to, um, to try things or, or believe in themselves in ways that they, they may, may not otherwise ever. Um, and, and the other really key message, I think, is that you're not alone. Um, you know, we're, uh, we're, we're a phone call away and um, more than happy to, to try to offer support or, um, or direct you to um, resources in your, in your community or, or provincial or even national organizations that are, um, you know, well-equipped to, to offer you help um, um, as you might need it. And then just to say that, um, I mean, it's, it's a very difficult thing uh, as a family caregiver, and it's it's an honorable honorable commitment to make. And um, you know, it's uh, uh, like I say, we're we're here to offer any support we can, and and just uh, just to be there to, to help in any way uh, that's needed. Andy, what's your message? Well, I just want to clarify one that I said earlier, and that was uh, about Rick Hansen. Uh, maybe not all of your uh, listeners know who he is. Uh, Rick was the Canadian uh, boy, uh, young man who went around the world in a wheelchair, and boy, did he turn the, uh, the world on its ear as far as thinking of him being disabled versus being able-bodied. Um, but that's the kind of message and story I would encourage uh, parents to get out. I noticed, you know, in the Super Bowl uh, stories coming out of New Orleans this past weekend, they were interviewing the father of Joe Flacco, the, the winning quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens. And he said, um, uh, he had about a three-sentence three quote. He said, yeah, you know, Joe's a dull boy. He's always been a dull boy. He does dull things. And, uh, but I guess in a dull way, he's pretty effective. And, 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 one, uh, and, and a journalist picked up on this, and he said, three sentences and four dulls. Uh, it, it, the father knew, I'm sure, quite well how to make a good story out of what his son was doing. <laughs> Uh, and I encourage people, uh, especially parents, to think of telling stories. This is the way we've communicated for a thousand years, and we're still doing it uh, today even with the help of electronic media. Tell stories about the abilities of your son or daughter uh, and what they've accomplished, and have a good record of that, uh, and use it whenever you can. Right. Now, I'm going to come back to you with a couple of comments. Jason talked about getting messages um, from bottom-up approaches, and you uh, and uh, um, and he talked about coaching people like Jason's organization and families and the rest of them in how to reach the media. Now, what I think radio does, uh, particularly internet radio, and obviously I'm biased, is gives voice to people who, in the nicest possible way, are at the bottom. Now, let me be very clear what I mean by that. I mean they're ordinary people, they're families. They are people who are caring for their children. And their voices 
are profoundly important mm. because they are the authentic voices mm. of people who've been there and done that. And so the coaching um, that um, Andy's talking about is important because with this wonderful world of all these electronics we're talking about, internet, radio, and everything else, is actually, so to speak, holding a microphone up to the people of our lands, the best people, the family caregivers, the, the people who are doing it. It isn't anymore just the experts and the stars of stage, screen, and radio, although there are still plenty of them around. It's the people. And therefore, this whole idea of coaching ordinary people, you know what I'm saying by that, the good people, the best people, to talk about what they do, their challenges, how they overcome them, their needs, um, and the benefits they get from all the things they do, becomes in itself, and this is my, my, my way of thinking, a very, very important story made up of individual stories. Now, just very quickly, um, Jason and, and Andy, just very quickly, please say, do you think, um, do you agree with me? Are you on, in line with me? What do you say? Yeah, um, absolutely. I, I totally agree that uh, that it's, uh, these stories aren't, aren't told enough. And, uh, you know, we hear a lot of... Um, you know, there's a lot of a lot of great news and a lot of a lot of big stories that kind of capture the headlines and just to find a way to um, to dig dig down into um, what the good people, as you put it, um, what they need and and what matters and and their challenges and struggles and and how we can um, bring these into the into the bigger um, bigger focus. I would say. Yeah, Andy, what do you think? <laughs> Well, uh, the notion of radio and not being able to see the other person. We had an experience of this last night when you and I and Jason um, talked together. And I hadn't really done my homework very much before we chatted. I didn't know that uh, Jason was blind. And it didn't matter because we were talking about what would we be talking about. Um, and I didn't see his disability. That's what we have to bear in mind, I think, most of all, is be blind to those disabilities and think of their abilities. Yes. In other words, voice is important, and voice, when it's the voice of somebody speaking, it doesn't matter uh, what uh, they're doing, what they are capable of doing. It's their story, it's their voices, mm -hmm. their experience. So with that, I'm afraid we have to close this episode. I'm sorry to have to do that because there's so much more that we could talk about. I want to say thank you to Jason and to Andy for sharing with us not just your experiences, your insights and your advice, but also your obvious commitment in both of your ways to promoting activity for people with special needs in all in all the uh, ages of society and all the ages of families. So to you both, all success. I want to say thank you to our listeners. We'd like to hear your comments on this episode. And from our listeners, I'd like to hear about ideas for topics or if you're interested in being a guest on the show. 
In our next episode, we'll talk about a father and his accidental education in autism. Please join us, same time, same spot on the internet. Talk to you then. Thank you again for joining us this week for Family Caregivers Unite with your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. And until then, we hope our program will help make the coming week easier and more hopeful. And I do appreciate you being Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. It's staff and management.